Once in my day, the Emmys was always the night of the biggest stars and the best winners. It just seemed like every year it was Bill Cosby, Roseanne, Roseanne, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, Roseanne, and Bill Cosby. The Emmys has always been great at rewarding great people for great work. And who will be this year's Bill Cosby and Roseanne? Let's keep watching and find out. <laughs> nice. Funny. From last night's Emmys, which I did not see a second of. And back in the day, I would have watched it, but I don't know any of these shows. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, it's become instead of, uh, you know, you're happy to see your favorite show won and you're familiar with all the nominees. And now all it, your friends watch the same shows you do. Right, sure. Now it's just a tip-off. Here's some stuff you might want to check out on the uh, the various streaming services when you have a free week to, uh, to binge it. Yeah, which I like when I see that this uh, show won Best Comedy Series. I've never heard of it. I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah, I still don't understand award shows. Uh, the the concept of an award show is dying, well, and I'm so glad. Well, how about the concept of a recap of the award show with Positive Sean? Do we have a structure for this? Do we have an idea for this? Yes. Is it going to work? No. How long do we think it should be? A minute at most. A minute's a long time. I mean, I am somewhat interested. What, what do we the... care about? Comedies, dramas, dramedies, dramedies, and commas. <laughs> um, uh, do you, how about the actors and actresses? Uh, I don't really care about that. Yeah, I kind of do because okay. I've seen some of the shows. Okay, all right. So, just the big awards, Sean. Do we have music for this or so fanfare? You're just looking or... for for winners with the, the, the smallest amount of commentary. Is that what you're yes, going for? Okay. Yes, okay, here I'll give yes. you a little music. How okay, much time? Though, get, that's get, the big question. Yeah, I need I need a minute up on the clock, and then just hit me with the hammer when the minute's <laughs> All right, up. Well, we will. All right, here yeah, we go. Okay. A minute at most. Our Emmys recap with Positive John. All right, so outstanding drama series was Game of Thrones. That won, uh, I believe, twelve of its twenty uh, something nominations. I'm glad it didn't win for writing. Su- Succession won for that great show. You should check it out. Also didn't win for directing Ozark, getting some love. Jason uh-huh. Bateman winning for Ozark. Great show. Love it. Uh, outstanding comedy series, Fleabag. Very funny show. Very naughty. Not for the kids. That's on Amazon, but I, I recommend that one. Beat out Veep. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, um, let's see. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series. None of the Game of Thrones people got that one. Uh, Billy Porter in a show for Posse. I don't know that one. I can't give a recommendation on that one. Uh, winner for uh, Variety Talk Show Series, The Last Week Tonight. That may, continues to be my favorite, not just talk show, but uh, news show. Oliver, the right? John Oliver Show, yeah. Um, sketch Series. He's a liberal. Saturday Night Live <laughs> uh, continues their dominance with that one. Uh, beating out, I guess, uh, Drunk History would have been the second there. Um, outstanding Limited Series run, Chernobyl. Chernobyl getting a lot of run. Oh, I yeah. still think that was the best thing that was on television of all last year. Check out Chernobyl if you're going to watch any of it. You think the best thing on TV all last year was the Chernobyl show? Yeah. yeah. And that's on Netflix? That was HBO. HBO. I'll have to try to find that because I'm into that story. So Cool. Um, it's the one about the Russians, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think uh, picking a winner for art is crazy dumb, but I get it. You look at the nominees, and in effect, it's a short list of great shows. But the idea that they have to be trotted out on TV and we all have to swoon in admiration of our betters, of our our Hollywood heroes, I find that whole thing just disgusting. So I'm glad to hear that the Emmy show was terrible and nobody liked it. The biggest flaw of the Emmys continue to be that they award television programs based on a single episode rather than the totality of the season. That is a dumb way to do it. So Saturday Night Live, for instance, submits an episode. Yes. Okay. Well, right. So you could get turned on to a show that's just dull 
That episode didn't make sense. That one's back to being dull. Episode four is just transcendent. Some of the best TV ever. Then episode five doesn't make sense. (laughs) And they're going to win the Emmy? Yeah, that's one of the ways you got multiple directors nominated for Game of Thrones because they had different directors for each episode. Right. Yeah. I I get that. I could see that Mm -hmm. for best director. That's like, you know, it's like an acting award. Maybe it was just one episode. Speaking of Chernobyl, there's a guy with a book out about Chernobyl, and I saw him on book TV a little bit yesterday, and his, the, the, the topic matter was how you can have a government that doesn't let you know what's going on and, uh, and how scary that is if you've got a government that's so unresponsive that they hide things from you. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we all want to avoid. That's what we want to avoid in the United States. Um, but the Chernobyl disaster, so it happened right there in whatever that town was. The the thing blows up, and there's radiation in the air. That's that it'll take twenty six thousand years for uh, to be even close to livable. Mm, let's um, get started. But there were weddings going on that weekend, so it like blew on a on a Friday, and that that weekend there were people out and about with a number of weddings in the town. Mm. The guy pointed out because the government didn't even tell people. Hey, right over there, that nuclear, it melted down. There's so much radiation in the air, it's going to kill you. I mean, you really, your whole family should have left Friday, but yeah, we're going to pretend nothing happened. Oh, it's so chilling. Well, that's something you want to avoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, TV and 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 uh, and who's good and who's not, CNN over the weekend, we should try to find this clip just because I would like to hear it. CNN, CNN, I'm guessing this is something about who's not good. CNN... Anchors lamenting what a rough year the New York Times has had and pointing out a bunch of different things that they've gotten wrong. Wait a minute. CNN now I'm interested. Calling out the New York Times for, boy, they've really blown it a lot this year. Let's go back through the calendar. Oh, and speaking of, uh, are we going to hear that? I'd oh, love wait, to we should that. dig that up. I'd okay. like to hear it myself. Uh, speaking of New York, the New York Post ran this over the weekend, I guess. This is in their obituary section, an obituary for. I'll just read it to you. Do you always laugh at obituaries? The way you are now? When they're funny. (laughs) When they're funny. (laughs) Bill de Blasio's presidential campaign, May 15th, 2019 to September 20th, 2019. Dead of ego-induced psychosis. Neighbors said the body had been in rigor mortis for some time. It died doing what it loved best, being as far away from New York City as possible. It was surrounded in the end by friends, MSNBC hosts. It's in a better place now, a Park Slope gym which is a New York reference, uh, whether it was in the empty churches of South Carolina, the sun-kissed empty deserts of Nevada, or begging someone, anyone, to talk to de Blasio at the Iowa State Fair, the campaign always gave 100% and always polled at 1%. Can't was never part of its vocabulary. Neither was won't, please stop, or this is a dumb idea. <laughs> The campaign is survived by hotel industry officials who expect favors from City Hall and 8 million suffering New Yorkers. In lieu of flowers, de Blasio asks for donations to a slush fund. <laughs> that's oh, pretty that's, funny. That's a good roasting. Cory Booker announced over the weekend that if he doesn't raise $1.7 million by certain date soon, he has to get out. They just plain will be out bye of Bye-bye. I'm tempted to give him 20 To keep him in? Yes. Hmm. More chaos and ugliness. I am not tempted to do that. <laughs> and while we're doing obituaries, this is, you know, someone died in this story, but a guy tried to pull off one of those wacky proposals. He proposed underwater yes. to his girlfriend yes. and drowned attempting to do that. Never surfaced. Took too long, perhaps. They're not exactly sure what went wrong, but he had to go for He said, I can't hold my breath long enough to tell you everything I love about you, but everything I love about you more every day, will you marry me? But can you hold your breath long enough to get to the top? Apparently not.
Oh my lord, that's wow. sad. That's a rough story. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm not I'm this, not sure why everybody's talking about it, but and then so she well because it's you, she, I think this ends up working out the best for her. Congratulations, you avoided marrying an idiot. Well, wow. might be. Oh, might that's be. very hard. Well, this is why that's, I went on a hike. That's, <laughs> exactly. You, you proposed on a hike. I proposed near the dump. None of them were dangerous. That's the heartless millennial we heard there just a moment ago, folks. And then so she responded on Facebook, you never emerged from those depths, so you never got to hear my answer. But yes, yes, a million times yes, I will marry you. Oh, That but, seems like a weird response to he died. Yeah, but she lost the love of her life. Yeah, I don't know. Seems wacky. Thanks for bringing it up, though. Don't do wacky uh, proposals. Maybe we should have done that first, and then the de Blasio thing. That was funny. (laughs) This is just sad. Jack has made us sad, everyone. I'm not that sad about it. To me, the whole thing, if you're going to do wacky, dangerous stuff, everybody has to accept that sometimes they are going to work. If they always work and everybody's always fine, well, then where's the danger? Where's the excitement? Mm. If doing some wacky things, skydiving or juggling flaming axes or whatever, always goes okay, well, then we'd all do it, right? I feel So sometimes it's not got to work. So, like, Sean, you're glad the man died. Well, I feel bad for the next guy who's going to propose to her, because how do you top this? By staying alive. I mean, that's one step, perhaps, yes. But standing on the wing of a biplane. <laughs> wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> Just go ultimate safety. Try to stay alive doing that. Right. Jeez, what a sort of terrible story. Listen, I'm I'm super fond of you. I'm thinking like let's sit down at a restaurant and I ask you if you want to get married. I don't know. My last fiance, he drowned himself. He loved me that much. <laughs> All right. I'll call my buddy with a biplane. <laughs> Speaking of scandals that come and go, the Wall Street Journal declared the recession talk over over the weekend with a couple of stats to back it up, which is good news for everybody. Oh, for goodness sake. Hit you with that, among that, other things. Oh, come on. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Marshall will have more in his news on the uh, the latest scandal that's Trump and the phone call in Ukraine and AOC pushing for impeachment and some people are calling it Russian collusion part two. So we got more on that coming up a little bit. Stay tuned for that. Uh, I tease this and it's worth paying off. Wall Street Journal over the weekend with an article about how the hot recession talk is over. Remember back in August? A couple of weeks ago, there was one indicator that came out one day, and it started all this recession talk. Within 24 hours, people with the ability to Google statistics came up with the fact that that particular number was wrong every bit as often as it was right in predicting a recession. Didn't matter. That's what sparked the talk for for days and weeks to come. And it turns out it was a big nothing, and the Wall Street Journal pointed out over the weekend uh, all your indicators are up to records or near records, um, including investing in things that uh, people normally do if the, if the smart people are worried there is a recession happen going to happen. That's dropped off also, so the recession scare is over, according to the Wall Street Journal. <sighs> um, that was just a weird media created out of one number nobody ever paid any attention to before thing. Yeah, well, I think it was a combination of enthusiasm for Chuck and Trump, as right. always. 
And like I'm always saying, if they can make you afraid, you will tune in and you will stay tuned. Fear is the number one driver of, of, of getting people to tune in. Nobody turns off the radio when there's a tornado bearing down on their house. Well, they don't have a tornado, so they went with phony recession fears. And we'll have one eventually, of course. It's part of the business cycle. But so here's uh, here's some scary stuff, some real scary stuff to me. Some more polling that this was... This had better be scarier. I'm going to accuse you of doing what I was just talking no, about. No, it scares me. When I came across these polls over the weekend... Um, and these are from, what's the source on these? I think it's your Wall Street Journal. Yeah, NBC News, Wall Street Journal. Some of these numbers are shocking. There's a whole bunch of them, but I've picked out the ones that I find the most disturbing. Do you support Medicare for all, private insurance eliminated as our health care plan going forward? Mm. That's outlawing private insurance, Medicare for all. This is the... Well, complete government takeover of healthcare. Yeah, okay. Of Democratic primary voters, it's almost two thirds. Good, which Lord. is higher than I thought it would be. I was wrong about that. And of of registered voters, it's forty one percent now. Yikes! So it's still not a majority, but it's forty one percent of people that want to do away with the whole system the way we've known it and go full on government healthcare. Because in my experience, the government does everything it does very well. Uh, back to health care in a second. This one stuck out to me. Free public college. So was it New Mexico last week that's going to offer free college, mm-hmm. state college to everybody? And we talked about all the reasons we think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. And they are myriad. Um, not to mention just undoable financial. 81% of Democratic primary voters are for pre-public college. 58% are registered voters. So a solid majority of Americans want Free public college. Can you imagine what an enormous ocean of waste and fraud and abuse it would be if our entire university system were taxpayer-supported and the recipients of the so-called education felt no need to demand the most for their dollar? I just And then you've got, as usual, the government. Well, it would be different because you wouldn't have government money flooding into loans. You'd have it you know, just flooding into running the universities. So... Universities would become government bureaucracies, every one of them. Or so, I suppose, well, the private ones would still exist, but uh, I wonder how that would shake out. But yeah, I mean, the public university is a big enough problem. Oh, I can't even imagine how much money would be wasted. And and again, the, the main problem is zero pressure to contain costs and to, to deliver quality per dollar. Well, so we got a text about this last week. Might as well talk about this for a second. You know, why why are you okay with uh, government pays for K through 12, but you don't want them to pay for college? Well, one of the things we brought up with the New Mexico example is the only way you'd ever get me on board with that is if you're going to have a particular curriculum. I mean, the, the reason we pay for K through 12 is we're trying to come up with educated citizens that can tr- contribute something to our country. Right. And we're talking about the very basics, a literate uh, a citizenry, that can do basic math and knows a little bit about how the world works, because that is a good idea with zero exceptions. So the only way you're going to get me on board with paying for uh, college for four years is if you're going to go in and learn, I guess, civics, uh, you know, various skills that the workplace needs, all that sort of stuff. But if we're going to leave it the way college currently is, where you can decide to go study some stuff that there's you know, almost zero chance you're going to be able to get a job with mm-hmm. that. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it'll benefit you some down the line. That's up to you. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. The idea that all taxpayers are going to fund, you know, 
a uh, hundred million sociology degrees. This seems crazy to me. Ugh. And then finally, this one: government health care for undocumented immigrants, free health care for illegals. Two thirds of Democratic primary voters are for government health care. Taxpayers paying for illegals to have health care, and thirty six percent overall, which to me is frighteningly high. Almost forty percent of the regular population, the all people think that that's a good idea, free health care for illegals. I would like to talk to those people. Okay, so you're fine with pay, the taxpayers paying for it for 15 million people. I'm, I'm, I'm picking like a middle number between the various estimates. Would you be okay with it for 115 million people? Would you force the taxpayers to pay for 200 million people who sneak into the country? How much is too much? And by the way, if you come back with no human being is illegal or something like that, I'm going to slap you. And I'm a man who abhors violence, but you are too stupid to participate in the national conversation. Those numbers I find troubling. We'll have to revisit those again later. What's coming up in our news? People live in in a dream world. Where are the adults? Where are they? There's one, Marshall Phillips. More U.S. troops on their way to the Middle East. We've got impeachment drums pounding once again. Good luck. One personality trait that indicates whether or not you will actually exercise. <laughs> I want to hear that, because hmm. I know the answer. Well, whatever it is, I lack it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> One thing you can pretty much account on with award shows in the modern era is that they set records every year for new lows. That seems to be happening with Oscars and everything else. And The Emmys have done it again. A new low record. Last night's Emmys, which I didn't see a minute of, wasn't. I watched every Emmys or part of every Emmys from when I was 10 until a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Probably saw at least part of every one of them. I didn't even give it a minute last night. Uh, declined 22% for a new low. Wow. That's a pretty big drop in one year, 22%. Um, but, you know, there's all kinds of obvious reasons for that. But I'll tell you what part of it is that doesn't get acknowledged enough is the freaking politics. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that turned me off we'll on these bring, shows. We'll bring you the most woke moments from the Emmys if someone comes in here with a gun and makes us. The thing that drove me away originally was not the stupidity of award shows or, you know, the the, the scattering of TV shows and all that. Because all that stuff matters. But the freaking politics. If I'm going to turn in the Oscars, the Emmys, and get a lecture about how stupid I am for believing what I believe, then no, I'm not watching your damn show. Neither is half the rest of the country. I still don't understand award shows. I'm with you, Kanye. Nobody does. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is going to be skipping a climate action summit at the UN today. Instead, he's going to be leading a United Nations session on religious persecution. The global call to protect religious freedoms going to focus on anti-Semitism and all forms of religious persecution around the world. Leaders from all over the world are again in New York for the 74th UN General Assembly, and Trump making it perfectly clear that he's not going to be meeting with Iranian leaders, not on the sidelines, not anywhere during the UN gathering. Nothing's ever off the table completely, but I have no intention of meeting with Iran. Uh, That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I'm a very flexible person, but uh, we have no intention. It's not set up. I read an article over the weekend somewhere, a bunch of diplomats... Uh, talking about how there's little chance Trump is going to get the rest of the world on on board to punish Saudi Arabia. 
punish Iran, punish Iran about attacking Saudi Arabia. And uh, if that's the case, and it probably is, what is the point of the UN? And why do we speak in cycle award shows when you finally decide, okay, that's dumb. Well, we're going to stop doing that. This whole this whole UN thing. The president should just stop going. Some president just needs to say, to say, I'm not going this year. You guys never do anything. Right. You got all these rules for the world, never again this, never again right. that. But if somebody ever breaks them, nobody ever does anything. Well, I'll tell you this. Old Donald J. thought pulling out of the uh, JCPOA, the Iran nuke deal, right. and, and squeezing them and going for a new deal was a good idea. I'm not sure it's working. I don't see it ending very well. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the administration does next, just because... Uh, Nobody needs open warfare. Iran's loathsome, and the, the, the Revolutionary Guard is loathsome, and the whole system stinks. But uh, you, you don't want uh, you don't want insanity. On another front, politically, Democrats are calling for investigations into whether Trump improperly used his office to try to push President Zelensky of the Ukraine to look for damaging information about Joe Biden and his son's business dealings in he that country. Had one of the many people listening into the call would have said something. You got one gay who who heard something from somebody else, and they're trying to whip this up into impeachment fever. It's going to come and go and be an embarrassment to the media, to the Democrats. You wait and see, Marshall. Wait and see. That's your prediction. That is. Yeah. Big nothing. I was surprised that Face the Nation. Not only did they yeah. lead with it yesterday, they didn't even put it in their tease to open the show. I thought that says something about how oh, big gosh, a deal yeah. they think this is. Yeah, I tell you what, there are a number of things, and I wish I had the list in front of me that Donald J has said or done that I've thought shouldn't do that. You're the president now. Don't say that. Uh, that's just how he is. And I have a very strong feeling that what he said to the the, the guy from Ukraine yep. was just. It was odd and and didn't reflect the fact that he's got the awesome power of the presidency behind him in the same way that the other stuff did. But is some sort of impeachable abuse of power thing? No. No, it's going to come and go. I feel like something happened between Friday and Sunday, just taking the media in the way I was taking in. People were really worked up. And when I watched Fox... There was a sense of urgency on there on the Brett Baer show that, that I don't see with these scandals usually. So I just felt like they know something we don't know because they're really, really worked up about this. But then by Sunday morning, Face the Nation and ABC This Week didn't lead with the Ukraine phone call story. So something in between there, and it might be when the story broke that the whistleblower was not on the call. The whistleblower heard about the call. Yeah, That's a completely different story. That's like when you find out the so-called victim doesn't remember it in the Kavanaugh story. It right. changes the story. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, my friends, are you the planning type? University of Oregon researchers say people who make concrete plans to meet their goals may actually engage in a lot more physical activity on a regular basis compared to those who don't plan so far ahead. Specifically, people who rated themselves as having a high level of uh, planfulness. I would definitely not consider myself a high level of planfulness. They went to the gym more consistently than people who reported having a lower level of that So basically, if you trait. have your S together, you work out more than those of us who don't. Yes. Well That's, said. There's a shock. <laughs> <laughs> well, One surprising find, according to them, is there was no relationship between people's goal pursuit and whether they could write a detailed description about those goals or not. But basically what they're saying is if you do like to plan, if you really like to plan things out, you're a lot more likely to exercise. 
That's your news. All right. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I don't. I know. I know people who have the very structured lives. I mean, they know every single thing they're going to do in what order today for how long, mm-hmm. and all week long probably. Yeah. I knew I was going to come to work today. Outside of that, I, I'm just kind of wide open. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Play yeah. it by ear. Well, I, I tried this over the yeah. weekend: eating and drinking like a Roman emperor. Ooh. And uh, then waking up in the morning too fatigued to even think about uh, exercising. And, uh, <laughs> Eating and drinking like a Roman Empire. He woke up fatigued. Is that what you call it? Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> and a look at the scale and uh, just, oh, no, that that did not work. So if you're considering that as your exercise plan, I wouldn't suggest it. Eating and drinking till you wake up and you can't even hardly move. No, you I barely not. make it to the couch. I, I'm so wow. The, you're like the mainstream media mischaracterizing the Ukraine call. That is not what I said at all. I was somewhat fatigued. <laughs> there's, there's I house, like that as a phrase. There's housework. Uh, uh, there was, uh, there was uh, arrangements. Sure. Uh, it was all very tiring. I was. <laughs> I was we fatigued. had 32 people. Whoa. At my house Oh, Saturday my God, night? that's a lot of people. Wow. Yeah, it is, man. There's a lot of putting up and sitting up and tearing down and cleaning up and that sort of thing. But uh, What was the occasion? not enough to burn enough calories to Taking offset. shifts of feeding you grapes. Right. It was an organization right. my wife belongs to. Mm-hmm. They're having one of those progressive dinners where you had your appetizers over here, and uh-huh. we had to like Zoom home like five minutes ahead of right. everybody. And then they all uh, invaded our place, and we had the main course there, and then we zoomed off for uh, for dessert elsewhere. Thirty-two people is a lot of people. Right? Was yeah, that buddy. in the Was that in the Getty formal dining room? <laughs> Dinner yeah. table events. We <laughs> have room for forty, depending on whether soup is served. <laughs> uh, no, it was out in the backyard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. wow. But that's sort of weekend, and well, and then there's a big uh, the winery dinner thing Judy and I did last night, and again, I feel somewhat fatigued this morning. Wow. Perhaps I need to take a look at what I'm doing, <laughs> how I'm living. Yes. Perhaps. What did you see when you looked in the mirror when you woke up today? What kind of question is hey, you that? You looked deep into your eyes, and what do you see? No, I didn't. The lights were too bright. <laughs> Shame. 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 No, I didn't really. So you got a new leader atop the uh, the polling there in Iowa, and one key number behind that that might explain why Elizabeth Warren is now in first place in Iowa. And also, yet another theory on what killed the Neanderthals, my people. Mm, all in the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I get up in the evening, and I ain't got Thank you to um, uh, uh, HBO. Thank you to Game of Thrones for the lead-in over the years. It's been amazing. It's been really great. It's been so fun working out how to lose your audience each week. <laughs> Municipal tax district really shook them off. Oh, so I didn't realize that. So Game of Thrones has been his lead-in. Well, that was, that was a big help in launching his show. His show is great, mm-hmm. but it might not have been discovered without Game of Thrones by the mass audience. So good for John Oliver, who won another Emmy last night for his show on HBO. Uh, Joe was blaming America first in last segment for causing Iran to attack Saudi Arabia by putting too much pressure on them. I, heard I that did? A, I heard that a lot <laughs> over the weekend. From the, uh, it's because of Trump getting out of the uh, the agreement that Obama made, and mm-hmm. now we're squeezing them with the maximum sanctions thing. And so, how do you expect them to react? 
Well, the other side of it is Lindsey Graham tweeted over the weekend, the measured response by President Trump regarding the shooting down of an American drone was clearly seen by the Iranian regime as a sign of weakness. Oh, Lindsey Graham said that? Yeah. Wow. He and uh, a number of Republicans have said we looked weak in our response to that. You were talking last week about how the whole um, cyber attack thing is a good one. Mm Mm-hmm. But it would appear that the problem with cyber attacks is nobody sees them. So you can have a really devastating cyber attack, but it doesn't feel like you attacked them. It does to the recipient. Some of the recipient, not the population. Right. Yeah. Especially because the the mullahs will work to minimize whatever happened to their population. They'll act like it was no big deal. Right. Yeah, I don't. It's funny it, whether was something was weak or not depends on what the person saying that thinks the proper response was. I mean, Lindsey Graham thinks it's weak, but Lindsey he wants to attack every country on earth. He's like John Bolton, and and he's a really interesting and smart guy. And I agree with him on a lot of stuff. But man, is he an interventionist? I declare. Um. So I hit you with this poll number. Uh, do you support Medicare for all, private insurance eliminated? which, geez, just a few years ago was a really out-there political position. Right. Doing away with private insurance and going with all government health care. Well, doing away with it? Does that mean, I mean, like even in Britain that has socialized medicine, you can buy a supplemental policy if you have the money. Rich people you, do. Because you realize the government care sucks. Yeah, that's what the rich people do. And you'll do. die of cancer waiting for your preliminary appointment. But so Medicare for All and private insurance eliminated, which several of the candidates are running on, almost two-thirds of Democratic voters are in support of that. I found that disturbingly high. But all registered voters, you include Republicans and independents, it's 41%. Yeah. So you're wow. getting way too close to half of people who want a complete government takeover of our health care. And we got this text. The reason so many people and voters support Medicare for all is that the idiots who preach it lead everyone to believe that they will have the exact same private care that they have now only for free. They think they'll be able to walk into what will, what was the old Mayo Clinic and get every drug procedure and inpatient care that they could possibly need and want, all at no cost to them. Right. I'm married to a Brit, and I can tell you their nationalized health care is a disaster. Everyone has supplemental private insurance, as Joe was just talking about, for private care, if at all affordable. Why don't you invite uh, somebody who's lived in the U.K. to come on and talk about them? Well, that would be a pretty good one. I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've known that for years, that if you're, if you're in government or wealthy, you have your own system. Mm-hmm. And everybody else has the crappy uh, public system. If you're a Brit and would like to discuss that, or you know a Brit, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I would have guessed way lower on those numbers in the percentage of people that were for a complete government takeover of healthcare. <sighs> well, the problem with rocking the vote, the problem with democracy in general, and I'm not anti-democracy, although I am a monarchist, um, is that you can make stuff sound great. In the abstract, in a campaign, but when you get down to the nitty-gritty of how it's actually going to be, it's nothing near what's been sold to you. Sold a bill of goods, as they say. And I just, I don't know. With and Oh, and the problem with rocking the vote is that the more people vote, because the core involved, informed, concerned voter will vote. It's always been true. The problem with these programs to get more and more and more and more people vote is going further and further out on the I pay attention and I know what I'm talking about scale. Does that sound elitist or undemocratic? Well, I guess I'm guilty. 
But th- these morons who have no idea what these programs would look like in reality, no, I don't want them voting. I'm not going to do anything to discourage them because that would be I- illegal, unconstitutional, and immoral. But, um, I, I, you know, don't vote. There, I can say that. So you're a monarchist. You want a uh, king. A wise and benevolent or king or queen. How about uh, cruel and mercurial? You want wise and benevolent? There are days cruel and mercurial <laughs> kind of appeals, but no. Petty and vengeful? Let's... <laughs> Everybody has their days, Sean. Uh, Wise and benevolent. So why is Elizabeth Warren now in first place in Iowa? Overblown story. It's within the margin of error of Joe Biden. And only one out of five have made up their minds. That's such a great caveat right there. Are you kidding me? But she did take her 60,000th selfie over the weekend. Trying to... You know, win over the population for one thing, and uh, and also show her stamina. That would take tremendous stamina. So she's going to these events that are several hours long, standing up on stage and talking, and then hanging around for four hours, taking a selfie with everybody who wants one until the line is gone. Wow! I could do like like once in my life. I couldn't do it, <laughs> and I would hate it. It's like could... a Bruce Springsteen show on Bruce's birthday. But I couldn't do that four and a quarter hours. I've been to several shows. By the end of it, I'm thinking, Hey, Bruce, this has been great. This has been fabulous. But. Uh... That's enough. Springsteen 70 today. Yeah, so I I went to a Springsteen concert. It was long-ish, but I have never been to one of the four-hour marathons. Oh, yeah. That doesn't seem like, that seems like a punishment to me. It's And I like Bruce Springsteen, but that's a long time. It was awfully long. I mean, especially, you know, if you're an enthusiastic rock and roll fan, you can only keep up the energy so long. After a while, it's like, yeah, I love that song, but well, and, it's bedtime. And, you know, I realize not everybody does this, but uh, generally you're inebriated of some sort if you're young and at a concert. And what? You can't keep that up for four hours. No, especially if the ushers come and slap it out of your hands, you know? Uh, Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, John Lydon, who is a fascinating guy, um, I recommend his autobiography, No Irish or Blacks. I think his No Irish, No Blacks, something like that. Um, no Blacks, No Irish. It doesn't matter. Um, but he said he plays for four and a half hours. Why does he do that to his audience? Does he hate them? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. But back to Elizabeth Warren. I, yes. I can't imagine. She's Who 70. Bruce supports, probably. Yeah, she's 70 years old, and she's standing there with a big smile on her face for Four hours after a two-hour event. Boy, that's the, the, the sniff of the presidency is like a line of cocaine to those people. She's the, she is of the variety of full-in, thinks she can win it, given every bit of her heart and soul to this. Yes. Like like you have to to become president. Mm-hmm. You have to just... I remember reading a book one time where uh, people were talking about... Uh, it was Lyndon Johnson, actually, but I think this is probably true for a lot of candidates. Watching a candidate run for president, I had no any idea anybody could work that hard. I mean, just most of us could physically not do it. Right. Even at a much younger age. Right. Wow. It's something. It's the hunger for power. That's got to be what drives it, right? Yes. Yeah. Just an idea of having that sort of power to those who seek power is, it's seriously incredibly intoxicating, according to those who've sought it or had it. You know, it's funny. One of your uh, dopey cable networks I was listening to this morning said, it's now just four months until the Iowa caucuses. And I was like, what? <laughs> so roughly, we'll call it 17 weeks. The entire like British or Canadian uh, campaign, they have it for six weeks. 
the entire thing. We've got 17 weeks for like till the beginning of the preliminaries. I wish there's something could be done about that. But that would, again, be unconstitutional and un-American. I assume it'll fix itself, kind of like the Emmy ratings dropping off by 22% again this year. People just get burned out, you People think? get burned out, and candidates will realize, because oh, here's a perfect example. This might be the, 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 the change the narrative. Kamala Harris was the first person to declare officially. That has done her no good whatsoever. Mm. In fact, it may have done her harm getting all the attention and excitement so early and it wears out because you actually get tired of somebody by the time you get around even caring. Yeah. Um, so it didn't do her any good. Yeah. So hopefully more candidates getting in her early and not winning, people will start thinking, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save all my mojo and commercial money and everything else until like Labor Day. I blame Iowans. If they would just not show up at the <laughs> diner when Beto is standing around Itching his bullcrap. Right. Or if they're I'm not at going the diner, to your freaking fish fry. <laughs> if they're at the diner, say, hey, shut up. I'm trying to eat. <laughs> as Beto stands up there, that would take care of it. Come back next summer. Yeah. We don't care yet. No, no, no. We don't care yet. <laughs> We're not listening. Nah, 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 More nah, heckling, nah. Iowa. That's what we need from you.